two, one. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is that time again, Saturday. So it's so. What does that mean? It's time for the Saturday night WrestleManiacs with the sideline junkies. And as usual, I'm here with the big man, KG. That's right, the overweight lovers in the house. Heavy G. And, and Don Rodriguez. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. I love the way you said my name, James. That shows how much you care about me. Exactly. I love you too. But see, you know what? Even though you're over here being all stank on you early on a Saturday podcast, I was actually nice enough to give you first segment tonight so that way you could flap your gums under That's Just Nubian about what's happening in the wonderful world of the Indies and New Hopan. So, James... The floor is all yours. You can go ahead. Well, that's mighty white of you, sir. I appreciate that. Now, again, this is that's so Nubian. Oh, we're out so of time. So we're on to our next segment. <laughs> <laughs> you are such an ass. You are such an ass. Oh, James, did you really think it was going to be that that easy? You just going to get first segment without me jumping in? Oh, man. But to tell you the truth, there's not, there's not much to, to talk about. I mean, MLW, NWA, um, a lot of the independents are still not doing anything because of COVID-19. But um, we can go over... Uh, what's about to happen on Impact. Slammiversary is still taking place on July 18th. We have the um, four-man world World heavyweight championship match with um, Trey from the Rascals, Eddie Edwards, um, Ace Austin, and the mystery opponent, who they have not uh, named yet. There are there's speculation, but I won't go into that because I'll go into it. That's that's all the Nubian. Go into it. Oh, you so you want me to speculate as to who it may be? Dirt cheated, man. Dirt cheated. Okay, well hit it with the Wendy Williams. There's actually two options that I have right now. Um, one of them being EC3, and the other one being Eric Young. Both of them being former world champions. Both of them out here in in the wild, so to speak, and haven't signed with anyone yet. Um, there could be other options, but those are the main two that I see right now. Um, you also have um, the North, who are the World Tag Team Champions and the longest reigning at this time World Tag Team Champions, going up against Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan, who are calling themselves the world's most dangerous tag team even though they aren't really meshing, you know, they're like two opponents who have gotten together and formed a tag team. Um, you have Jordan Grace, who is the uh, knockouts champion going up against Diana Perazzo, um, which should be a pretty good match. Willie Mack, who is the impact X division champion going against Chris Bay. 
and you have the knockouts gauntlet, which includes Taya Valkyrie, Kira Hogan, um, Susie, Rosemary, Tasha Steeles, Kaylee Ray, Alicia, uh, Jennifer Havoc, Jessica Havoc, um, Kimberly, and now who has recently been added as of last week, Madison Rain. So it's going to be, I think they're going to do that like a elimination match. So two two people wrestle, one gets beat, the next one comes in, that type thing. So that's going to be on the 18th, which will go up against Extreme Rules match, which we'll most likely be talking about a little bit later on the 19th. So um, then you also have the uh, final that just happened this morning, um, 3 o'clock this morning. 7 o'clock p.m. today or yesterday or however you want to put it on Japanese time. So um, they, had their, they had the final of the um, New Japan Cup that just happened. And at, three, at 4 o'clock in the morning, our time will be the Dominion pay-per-view where the winner of that final match will take on Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP and IW, IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Heavyweight Championships. Now, the match was between Kazuchika Okada and the um, New Japan, or not New Japan, but um, no, Los Ingobernables de Japón uh, faction member. Uh, you Eagle. go, James. You go. I would have messed that up. You go, man. Sorry. <laughs> Put that out there. That's why we um, pay you the big bucks. So they had their match. It was a very good match to end up everything. Uh, They went like a good 35 minutes. There was some interference in the match at at one point, which which ended up leading to the ending, of which now you will have Tetsuya Naito going up against his former faction member and new bullet club member evil mm. so there was a swerve there was a turn if you will that happened at that match because gato and uh yujiro tanahashi takahashi came down and interfered in the match causing um evil to get his finisher darkness falls in and then after the match, he had this little speech and he called out Naito. Naito came out, you know, was like, you know, I hope you know, we have a great match. You know, this is all Los Ingobernables, L.I.J. And, you know, let's have a good match. He puts his hand up for the, for the traditional fist bump. And when Evil put his hand up, he gave the two sweet. And then jumped him. Then you had um, Gato, Jado. Yujiro and Tachi Ishimori who came out and jumped Naito. The rest of the LIJ came out and ran off the uh, Bullet Club and they went back up the aisle giving two sweeps and the whole thing. So whatever happens in the morning is going to be interesting now that there is a new twist and a new member in the Bullet Club. So I look forward to looking at that and seeing that and getting back to you on that on next week. But um, uh, that's about it that's going on right now on my end. Any questions? No, you did a good job. You went from there's really nothing to 
actually laying it out and, and setting us up with a good um, uh, scenario and storyline to pay attention to. So good job, James. I'm proud of you this week. I'm proud of you. Thank if you. only, if only you could be that good every week. So, well, hold on, wait. I'm proud of him every week because he does a damn good job. Oh my God, really? Are you gonna? Are you really facing this right now? Greatness never sleeps. Oh God. Well, somebody gave you some Xanax then, because I don't know what's been happening. Man, and apparently, that. neither do you. Right. <laughs> yep. So, speaking of never sleeping, this week was. Uh, a pretty action-packed week, to say the least, from stem to stern. But the first thing we have to talk about coming off of last week was part two of both of the free purviews, Fighter Fest and the quote-unquote Great American Bash. So we're going to talk about Fighter Fest first and just give our quick reactions on exactly what we saw, how the flow was, just like we did last week, and then we'll cover the Great American Bash and see who actually, in our opinion, came out on top, opposed to what was uh, represented as the, the clear winner when you talk about the Nielsen ratings. So Fighter Fest uh, had the beginning with Private Party with Matt Hardy going up against Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page for the AEW Tag Team titles. And uh, a cool little side note that Kenny Omega and Hangman are... are well, at that point, were 10 and 0 in tag title defenses. So going into that match against Private Party with Matt Hardy, we had uh, Nyla Rose go willingly into a handicap match with Kenzie Page and Kaylin King, and she subsequently, after that match, let us know that she is smart enough to realize that people with managers are getting title shots or becoming champions. So she has a manager that will be named at some point very soon. SCU. There are not enough managers in that organization anyway. (laughs) SCU went up against a dark order, which actually had Colt Cabana as part of that match. Whether or not he's dark order or not is still yet to be determined. In an interesting eight-man tag, you had the Young Bucks teaming with FTR going up against the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade. You had Joey Janela going up against uh, Lance Archer, who did some interesting things to Sonny Kiss, (laughs) unfortunately. Taz had a great interview with Brian Cage and presented him with the ever-so-coveted FTW World Championship. Pop! Pop! And then we ended the night with some freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy going up against Le Champion, Chris Jericho. So that's a a quick rundown of Fighter Fest in in a nutshell. So, KG, I'm going to let you tell us what your thoughts are on some of the matches and the flow and the feel of Fighter Fest. Well, I'm going to be quite honest with you. Um, even though that was part of my job, I, I, I really couldn't devote 100% to Fighter Fest. So I only saw clips. But from what I saw, it was absolutely awesome. It, it was pretty good. Um, some things came out of that 
that I had been waiting on. I think this is a conversation me and you had on air a while back, and I seen some promo about it, and I meant to ask you about that. Uh, Sonny Kiss is finally getting some uh, airtime. He's getting some airtime next week because he's going up against Cody for the exactly. TNT Championship, which is technically this is his second big moment because last week uh, he was a part of that storyline helping to build uh, the heel status of Lance Archer a little bit more and then um, slide that in and, and correspondence with his tag partner, Joey Janela, to, to put a cap on that storyline. So uh, he goes from that to having a, a match with Cody. And, and this isn't the first time he, he's had a high-profile match. It's just the first time on TNT that he's had right. a high-profile match in the auspices of AEW. Because... Sonny Kiss is a MCW alum. Mm-hmm. So, and you hand doors closed. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually at my nine. George Bruce's house. I am not. But, um, that that's the part of this week. The I mean, that's the number two moment of this week that made me very, very happy because I've been asking since he signed with AEW, when is Sonny Kiss gonna get on TV? Mm-hmm. I got it. So. But, yeah, that being on dark is not, it's not enough. I'm about to say he's being too busy on being on AEW dark. Yeah, but and I I, I wonder by definition of the of the name of the show that tells you exactly where his right. status is. Right, exactly dark. <laughs> but while well, we'll I give them credit, what's what's been in the dark has been coming to the light. Pun intended. So we see it happen with Sunny Kiss. We saw it happening with uh, Vicky Guerrero. We also saw it happen with Taz. So people are moving from dark, which I guess you might as well take it akin to NXT. And then they're, they're slowly transitioning over to prime time, so to speak. But I wonder for the longest, is it his persona that kept him off TV for so long? No, I think that, in my opinion... Uh, and it's not going to be the most PC thing to say, but from a booking standpoint, you've got Nala Rose, which is towing a line of people understanding that transgenderness, and then you were going to slide in the um, uh, the other side of the coin, which is uh, a homosexual male. That, that's a lot. So you take one. And then you slide in the other, so that way they're two separate instead of lumping it together. And they're like, "Well, you got this transgender person over here, and this guy over here, and then the one that you would expect to be kind of ambiguous is Dustin, and he's not even worried about that anymore." So, from a booking standpoint, it, it, it would be a little confusing to the viewer as you're building your base. So, but Nala, for how long? Because Nala got some heat in the beginning, remember? And, right. uh, you know, and it was, you know, heat that what was more on a, the bigoted end than her performance. It was, well, why is she wrestling women? And da da da. Isn't that used to be a man? And, you know, all these things. So, in my opinion, that's why they decided to take that separate. I could be wrong, but it, it, to me, it makes sense. So that way you're not. You're showing, let Nala show what she can do. 
and you're not diminishing it with Sonny and then the two together and then they just wash each other out and cancel each other out and you're not they're not able to show what they can do because they're still dealing with all the the controversy and the 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 trolls and stuff like that. But for how many years did people wonder if China was really a man? Because she was beaten. She wasn't wrestling women at first. What was that? Uh, two years that then Playboy came out. And, and then everything, you know, she got the work done. <laughs> that answered that question real quick. <laughs> really, really quick. Still have that edition and the Sable edition uh, in safekeeping. <laughs> Just. Uh, not, not even gonna get into that, but uh, <laughs> uh, hey, 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 <laughs> that's a collector's item. You gotta claim yeah, yeah, that. Oh, speaking of which, guess what my daughter gave me? A title belt? No, close, <laughs> but not, 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 not that. Close. God bless. Can somebody get this man a belt? A toy Jesus. title belt. Yeah, no, I, Hell, they, an action figure that came with a title belt. Well, it, it, it is an action figure. What'd you get? She gave me uh, Sasha Bank. Which one? I got, uh, what, I what's her look? Royal Rumble. I got to go in the house and look at it again. I'll send you a picture. But, yeah, she gave it to me um, the other day. My okay. wife went to find her and was on the phone with her. She's like, that's Sasha Banks. Get that for daddy. So, I took some. Now, how about you take her to uh, the replica title store? Or have her be in a replica championship store, and then, oh, there's that championship belt. Let's get it for Daddy. Well, she wants a a a, a real raw women's title because I got her one for Christmas. And what was that? Year before last, mm-hmm. I got her one. Now she wants the real one. She wants. Mm-hmm. I want the Becky Lynch head. Oh jeez. How old is she? Uh, she'll be eight in nine days. If that girl gets a, a $150 special before you get a $300 special, you know we're going to talk about you, right? That's fine. Because I, I, I'm, I'm, what I want... And I'm don't you try to be like, they said it was going, it's 25% off title belts tonight. No. What don't I want... Be, I'm, don't be that guy. You need to set your, high, your, your sights high on that uh, new commemorative edition Eddie Guerrero belt that they uh, just released I, I, I see I, I got a lot of stuff on the plate and I really want that we've been doing a show for how long two years yes yeah, so that's a lot of plates like at this point you, your plate you have so many plates we might as well put your ringling brothers for real but I uh wrap it up B wrap it up top, he's at a topless bar you know he's getting he's getting little by little you know I found a, I found a Grand National for under ten thousand dollars. What the hell do with a title belt? Because that Grand National, that <laughs> Grand National, better than the title belt right now. Priorities, man. Priorities. And so your wife, all... let, your wife let you buy the Grand National? Hell no! She told me no last night. Oh, I about to say because we were gonna have a serious discussion with her. Like you let him get this. And you complain about the three hundred dollars special? Now the one that the, the Grand National that I want is forty three thousand. National though, if he wants to. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you are a manager now, Calvin. You're no longer doing the fries. You moved up in the world. You're flipping burgers now, Calvin. You actually able to touch the register. I'm proud of you. But still. Yeah. But you know that's just my thing. 
So, James, you already uh, talked about how you marked out about the FTW special coming all the way from ECW into AEW <laughs> now uh, to be given to Brian Cage. So that was your big markout moment. But what else? Did you enjoy anything else from Fighter Fest? Oh, the Fighter I enjoyed all of the Fighter Fest. You know, uh, the little back, the little backstage. Well, that was on being the elite, but they, you know, it kind of explained what w- was uh, on Kenny's mind when he poured that beer out against mm-hmm. um, FT- FTR and was like, you know, well, we're, this, we're not supposed to like them and whatnot, you know, but, you know, I understand I was being the asshole and everything. So, you know, that, that was, that was cool. And, you know, so that tied into, and then, you know, the, the Nyla, the Nyla Rose announcement, cause it, it made me think about, who all was out there that were managers or could manage her that would be a good fit in AEW? Who do you and think? One, only one person came to mind for some reason, and I don't who? know why this person came to mind, but and he was and and why he was the only one. But Truth Martini, I don't know if anybody remembers Truth Martini, but he was the manager in um, Ring of Honor for yeah. Jay. When he had yeah. both television title and the world title. So, yeah, I, I could see Truth Martini coming back and being an AEW and making a big move. But I don't know if he's ready to come back into wrestling because he's been retired for a while. He's gotten married. He's got a family now. And I don't know if he's trying to get back into the business. But I would love to see Truth Martini come back. But yeah. I have, other than him, I have no idea as to who it could be that they would bring back in. If I have two have ideas. Kid? Yeah. Ooh. The first one would be an easy obvious uh, if they were going to keep it with somebody that's already employed. And I would say Tully because that would give Tully the starts of a stable. So he's got Sean Spears on one end, Nala on the other. So that'll give the opportunity to Sean Spears to get a little bit of a push so that way he can match Nyla in the dominance category. So if they're both winning and they're both doing what they need to do, and Nyla's coming out watching his back, almost like a Triple H in China effect. So that was one option if they kept it in-house with somebody that's already there. Because, I mean, you can't. it's totally Blanchard. You can't take anything away. And then that also would open the, the opportunity up, if Tony Khan was going to do it, to slot in Tessa Blanchard as well. So you have two female... And at some point, two male under Tully. But then I started thinking outside of the box. Because as much as, well, Nala can talk. But she's almost like, uh, almost like Dolph Ziggler or Randy Orton. If she has somebody to focus on that she can sink her, sink her teeth into to be able to cut the promo then we would get the level of promo that we would need to really drive it. But she hasn't had that yet. So she needs somebody that can just talk and then get the message across and be entertaining. And then she gets to be the quote-unquote Lesnar of it and just be the beast. So somebody I would like to see as the talker, and this, I would, when I say I love, I would love to see this person come back into prominence in sports entertainment, and that would be Armando Estrada. I would love to have him come on. Excuse me. And then, because they're already in Florida. So, I mean, you know, 
that I wouldn't be too far removed from making common sense. So I wouldn't mind seeing Armando Estrada being her manager. He could do great backstage segments. He can play off a lot of the different uh, superstars and wrestlers over there. And, you know, he, he was great. I mean, when he was managing Umaga, I don't, I don't know if you guys could tell me anything different, but I enjoy watching Umaga wrestle as much as I heard him enjoy hearing him bring out Umaga. So that, that was my two ideas. Now, I just thought of somebody else just now while you were talking, and this, go, this ties into what KG was talking about earlier with the MCW connection. Now, rumor has it that Leo Rush is about to set up his last match. I thought he had his last match. God, how many last uh, matches is he going to do? Right. I, actually, he, he, I, I just read that he has actually put up, a Twitter, put up on Twitter that he is looking to get suggestions as to who his last match will be against and where she should be. So he's looking to have one more match before he actually shuts it down. Now, could you see Leo Rush coming in? DC Connection? I could see that, but he needs to wrestle. I know he's making decisions, but he's putting stuff out there. Uh, again, we talked about it. Can can anybody here on the show name a Leo Rush track? Y'all must have chat. Uh, is that the name of a track? No, that's a Roy Jones song. Oh, okay. So, but I can tell you who whose who, track I can, I can name a couple or think of a couple are true tracks. Speaking of our true, shout out! Make sure you guys are watching WWE Network this week because his game show, which is probably going to be the most hilarious thing to happen this upcoming Tuesday, is uh, first episode is airing. So in between co- yelling, what's co- up? Huh. And that new COVID track that he got out now, that's pretty nice. That's, yeah. Uh, uh, I, forget yeah so. what I forget what it's called, but it's that new track that he got out. He got a video of it. I saw it on YouTube, and it was that was pretty nice. And I'm not trying to disrespect Leo's music. I'm just being realistic because you got a family. You can get you a check even in this COVID time. There's several promotions that would benefit from having somebody – of his wrestling prowess. So get your check. And while you get your check, you work on your music and you have your music be your entrance. So as people are getting excited, reference Naomi, who is singing her own stuff. People are buying that on iTunes, both versions. And that's how you're making your side money until one is equaling the other. I don't, I'm not saying I'm looking at his money, but from the outside looking in, I don't see where that revenue coming from. Get your hand out my pocket. Hey, I'm trying to help his pocket. Talking about a last match. Shoot. If anything, you need to be going up against in a series against Enzo Amore, something. God dang it. You need to <laughs> one hand wash the other type of thing, but Enzo Amore hey. is an independent wrestler now. Yeah, I know he's an independent wrestler. That's what good. I'm saying. That's no, no, I'm he's saying. actually come out and said, I am an independent wrestler now. Yeah. Now, him, now him walking around with that uh, cruiserweight belt and whatnot, that's about to be a problem. 
he's not on the he's not on that serious radar yet. Nah, they he's they being looked at. He's they being looked shut, at because they would have shut that down a long around. time ago. He's walking around with that cruiserweight belt, you know. Talk, still talking about realest champ in the room. So that, but that's, he, that's but about you know, the you know what? If he bought a replica belt, and that's what he's walking around with, that's not like people are authenticating the belt right now. So if he says, "Oh yeah, this is my belt," but then he oh, really bought the it from it, I know he has. It, I'm the, saying it. he got the belt they it. gave him for being the tie, being the title hold. Yeah, that's, but that, you that, can that, also, that's that belt. You can also purchase that, James. I know. So he if he's walking around, one, they one. no, I'm saying, James, if he's walking around just pulling a swerve. And he's walking around with the purchase belt. And they be like, oh, you can't be walking around with, you know, that prop that we gave. Hold on. I bought this from WWShop.com, his receipt. I can't walk around with the belt. Then he can, he can put a stay of, of common sense on whatever type of legal action. Because he purchased a belt. He didn't purchase rights to be able to wear the belt. He purchased a belt from WWE.com. Or WWE yeah. Shop, sorry, you know. I got to yeah, take it to the new well, age because that's something I would do. I mean, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, you can't. Man, I, bu I bought this. And what? And then next week, guess what? I'm the realest hardcore champ in the room. I'm the realest ECW champ in the room. I'm the, the realest diva champ in the room. I'm the realest million-dollar champ in the room. You know, I'd have a different belt for every season, and that'd be the new gimmick. What you going to do about it? I paid for it. You going to sue me? You gonna, are you going to ban me from WWE shop? That's fine. Okay. So now I go to Figures Tours Company, and I'm the realist band champ in the room because I can make my own belt. You're welcome, Enzo. Free gimmick. No. <laughs> no I'm, not, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, hey, hey. I'm if not it, feeling If it gets him booked, why not? If he's gonna do all that, he might as well make his own belt and do the do the Zack Snyder. I gave I gave you the end. The, I gave you the payoff. It's all about the tagline. You know how WWE is horror show. You know, it's getting up to the point to where he's the realest band champ in the room, or however he wants to call it. So it ends with oh, so him you having. Want him to get you want him to get the cease and desist letter or get yes, yes, oh, yes. Okay, because yeah. all that is doing is increasing his value because people are going to yeah. look at him because he is getting the attention. So he's getting a Facebook conversation, he's getting a Twitter conversation, he's getting the, the water cooler conversation, and now Enzo is in the conversation opposed to him just doing some quips up against Tommy Tonga and nobody really cares. Now he is in the conversation. So if he is the conversation with his FTW belt, a.k.a. realist band champ in the room, so now I'm going to defend it on Ring of Honor. I'm going to defend it on Impact. You know, those times, you could do something with that. But just him doing a gimmick that he did in WWE, but just a swollen version, nobody wants that because we've already seen it. But well, you give me something nobody's seen. One of them no time soon, because right now he's got he's prepping for a tag match with Brian Pillman Jr. against Ricky Morton and his son in Tennessee, if it hadn't happened already. Yeah, but you know, we're about to remove Pillman from the equation. So viable options for him is becoming, you know, smaller and smaller. So it's something that's gotta happen. And that's why he's touting that belt around now because he's trying to get the buzz and 
and get some type of conversation. You know what he needs to do? He needs to go to Mexico and go in as a mass wrestler and come back and don't say a word. Enzo saying nothing, but have a manager saying everything. And the guy, I'm about to give him another gimmick. And the person that's talking for him, Enzo is writing the rhymes for him. But he is the worst rapper ever. It's like uh, Stevie Richards reading what Enzo would say as the realest guy in the room. Because Enzo is so fed up with everything, he's just not going to talk. That would be entertaining. Just saying. Am I getting paid for this? No, you're not. Yeah, I know. That's probably why it's not going to happen. But what about uh, the the thing with Swole and Britt Baker? I think that's a a nice little budding storyline with Swole getting suspended. That that was was a cool, funny little side piece that could be nurtured and brought into fruition down the road for them to have a good match and, and something. I can see a good payoff with that. But to me, also a good way for them to get her off of TV so she can have a nose job done. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting. Like, man, that piece of paper, was there a brick in there or something? No, it wasn't and the I'm... paper. The paper hit, the paper hit the assistant. The assistant hit Brit. No, the paper still bounced up off of the assistant. It bounced up off of, not yet, no, I'm saying the paper was thrown at the assistant. Right. It bounced she, up. As she, well. raised, she, she raised her hand. It, it raised up, but it was her sister's hand hitting Brit in the face that apparently broke her nose. Yeah. But I'd say, in my opinion, and you guys could let me know what you think, the biggest markout moment of the night had there have been the super off-the-back Canadian destroyer by Ray Phoenix. Tell me I'm lying. Because that, 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 that was, I, I got was up, impressive. stood up, lost my mind. I was like, what? That was what? impressive. That was impressive. That, KG, if you didn't watch that, you need to be watch, You need to go back and YouTube that. Because I don't know what you've been doing. What I got on BBR. Family issue, family issue. Oh, Lord. First, he can't get a belt. Now, he got family issues. James, didn't you redo his contract? I got no contract control over nobody but me, brother. I thought that was in your contract. No, that's not my contract. Okay, I was just checking. Just wanted to make sure you have no creative control. Woo! We did WCW, James. We did WCW, James. I got creative control over what I do, but not what KG does. I mean, KG is KG. That's the thing, though. I so next week, instead of hearing the Saturday Night WrestleManiacs, you'll hear cooking with Faye Jackson or something. I mean, you know, I, I'll be doing something like that. It'll be a cooking show. It won't be no more wrestling. Hey, as long as long as we making pie. <laughs> and what kind of pie would you want to make? Me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Redacted pie. <laughs> no, 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 that, that was coming down off the fast break, throwing that off the backboard. You supposed to East Bay fuck that? No, sir, no, sir. That that is redacted pie. Uh, oh, that was the man. Like I, I threw that off the backboard perfectly. Uh, it hit the 
perfect. And Lord knows, man, all I heard was, you know, I believe I could fly because I was ready to jump up and dunk it like Matumbo, but I couldn't, man. The thing is, that was a backboard breaker to turn right around, and yeah, somebody had to me to me. No, you're not getting me with that. That's what the wrong saying you were gonna make. He's speaking out on the sidelines, junkies. I need I need that Dwayne paycheck to be able to say that. That you're gonna make pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Oh no no no! Trust me, trust me. We. I'm only saying one type of pie. And I can guarantee going tea, there's no apples in it. The comments in this section do not reflect the opinions of the sideline junkies and the Nubian sumo. <laughs> we didn't we didn't go we didn't cross any lines. I just you said bow. it's not going I said it's not you gonna bow. have any apples in it. There's several other types of pie. Cherry pie, pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie, shepherd ah, pie. Ah. Stop! Stop! Bubba Gump, stop! <laughs> For cheese? <laughs> All right, so. All are ignorant, boy. I'm telling you something. <laughs> and we, we about to be on damn Pandora. Oh, no, we're about to be on, um, we already on Pandora. We about we to gonna, be on Sirius XM. They're going to mess around and put us on Morse code. That's how far off they're going to keep us on the airwaves. We're going to be sitting, boop, 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 me too, boop, 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 me too. And y'all about to mess it up. Oh, man. All right, so we're going to take a break because James is obviously flustered because he doesn't like pie. So we're going to – I like cake. We're going to have to talk about that offline because I don't know where you're going with that. Um, so we'll be back. You're going to get to, uh, hear us pay some bills, maybe get a little bit of push action. And then we're going to discuss the other side of the Wednesday war. And that is quote unquote, great American bash night two NXT edition. So we'll be back in a sec. What's good people. It's Delonte representing the sideline junkies. Welcome to yet another installment of the push. Uh, this week, I'm going to cut to the chase. Um, this past episode of SmackDown was probably one of the worst wrestling shows I've ever seen in my life. Um, the matches were still, <clears throat> um, even, you know, the, the current uh, great Sasha and Bailey, you know, their whole shtick was <clears throat> kind of stale as well. But I want to kind of... Uh, talk a little bit about what really made this episode bad the karaoke contest um that that was hideous uh and and i'm gonna start with dana brooke um you know the hunky tonk man um song like really dana all you know so many songs and you do the hunky tonk man song like it just i don't know i not only should they cut you off but shouldn't have even been there, period. They shouldn't have had it. Um, Lacey Evans, um, I can't even recall. I believe it was like a country song um, of that nature that she did, but it it was, um, I don't know, it was, it was okay, um, considering the fact that she's a Southern Belle, per se, but, you know, again, it just, a karaoke contest? Like, come on, man, let's, 
let's get down to wrestling. Like SmackDown, the the, the Smack, in my opinion, SmackDown has been better than Raw over the past few months. But Friday night, it 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 set them back big time. Um, Tamina, <laughs> the 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 Triple H um, theme, like don't don't ever do that again. Seriously, please don't do that again. That was super hideous. Um, but Naomi, I will say, even though I didn't like the concept of a karaoke contest on an already stale show, she added some uh, style and pizzazz to the uh, American Dream theme song. Um, you know, she was oozing with that black girl magic. You know, she I, she she worked it. She worked it. I'm I'm gonna give Naomi props on that. Um, now, I guess with the aftermath with uh, Lacey Evans, you know, kind of being disappointed <clears throat> that she didn't win. Is she a tweener? Is she still a face? Um, and they're going to just have her and Naomi going to have some friendly matches? Um, or is she now back to being a heel? Um, I don't. And then uh, Tamina, you don't know. She's a face of heel. The same with Dana Brooke. Um only clear uh, face, you know, out of that foursome was Naomi. Um, but then you already have Sasha and Bailey. Um, I don't know. I, I think SmackDown has, has a fair share of, of hills already. So to make Lacey Evans a hill again, it, I don't know, kind of don't make any sense. I, I think creative, they kind of just... I don't know if the pandemic has them, you know, just, I don't know what's going on. If, if they just unexpired or unmotivated, but I don't know. That's, 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 that's bad writing, in my opinion. Very bad writing. Um, of course, I think Lacey Evans is better as a hill, but, you know, we we don't know. You know, we don't know. Um, now, moving forward, you know, my, my suggestion is... Don't ever do that again. I mean, if so, just have Naomi perform because, again, that I, I didn't expect her to, you know, look so good and ooh, you know, with, with just beautifulness doing that. But she, you know, I, I really, I, I was I was impressed with her performance. You know, she had a lot of attitude in there. But, again, listen to me. I'm talking about a karaoke contest on a wrestling show, man. A karaoke contest on a wrestling show. You know, we, we, we got to get back to, you know, what we really in the house on Friday nights, you know, during this pandemic, why, you know, came to watch. And that's wrestling, you know, entertain, you know what I'm saying? Like wrestling entertainment, of course, as Vince McMahon puts it, but wrestling, man, you know what I'm saying? Not, not a karaoke contest, not a karaoke contest where one of the contestants it's time, it's time to play the game. Like, nah, come on, man. You know, so to creative um, from a wrestling fan, please do better. Please, you know, take the time out to thoughtfully write out these episodes and, um, you know, to, to Vince, you know, stop approving this crap, man. You know, stop approving this crap. We we got to do better. I was quite disturbed with, with uh, the episode as a whole, but the whole, that karaoke thing, I thought I saw that in NXT some years ago. But, uh, we live and we learn. This is Delonte, representing the sideline junkies.
I'm encouraging everyone to continue to stay safe, practice social distancing if possible. And if you're out, wear your mask, stay six feet, uh, stay six feet apart from one another. Shout out to the brothers, the Don, KG, and the Black Sumo. Peace. One. And we're back. We were able to discuss uh, different recipes for cake and pie while we were on break and you were listening to some non-things that we would get us in trouble. And now we're going to talk about the Great American Bash, allegedly, night wait, two. Wait. What? Wait. What? Wait. What? what? Since we're talking Great American Bash, Bash in my glory. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. What time? How many? How long have we been doing this show? About to blow, you about to blow your wad too early, man. Oh, man, yeah. We're about 41 minutes in. Dang it, Brock. Man, you know you can only be here for a certain amount of time, and you got to go back. <laughs> Dang it. You almost made it this time. You almost made it. Unfortunately, yeah, uh, we'll see in about, what, uh, three weeks? Oh, and before we get too deep into the, into the second <laughs> half of the show... I would like to say that the Nubian Sumo... I was getting there. Give me a second. No, 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 no. <laughs> Give me a second. I have a reason why I, I, I smoothed over all that. So okay. let me get to there. I got a plan. <laughs> Go I got ahead. a plan. Go ahead. Go ahead. So first and foremost, KG allegedly said the finish to the main event would go a certain way, allegedly. Now, we all know he's normally wrong at some of these picks, but this time he was right. So we'll give him a round of applause on that. I'll give him a one-hand applause. I said a round. That's a singular thing. That's a round. No, no. I'll give you a a one-hand clap. How about that? You want some... uh, how about okay. that? There you go. Uh, you need to stop that. That sounds like something else. <laughs> hey, man. The, the oh, kitchen's I'm, closed. Nobody's baking tonight. I'm So, in my opinion, I think that was a smart way to kind of slide into Extreme Rules. No horror in it. But Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae. We had uh, Tony Nese continuing his storyline with Bronson Reed, who I think is the next guy behind Keith Lee, is one of the the new up-and-coming big men that are, are breaking the mold and starting to take us in a new direction. Uh, we had Johnny Gargano versus Swerve Scott. Drake Maverick and Brizongo went up against uh, Legado del Fantasma. Mercedes Martinez made her return going in a squash match, who she's beat multiple times, uh, Santana Garrett. We had the main event where James will tell us what he was drinking and smoking cigar-wise. 
at the time that he was watching this match. Keith Lee, Adam Cole, the longest reigning NXT champion in history. Winner take all. James, what were you drinking and smoking during that match? I know you had to have something that you were partaking in to enjoy that match. Actually, actually I wasn't partaking in anything because I was working. Oh, come on. That was the whole purpose. I'm like, I know James was, you know, sipping on something exquisite. He had something out the humidor that he was just lighting up, enjoying that match, and you let me down. I was sipping on whatever came out of this faucet, whatever they call this water up here in Maryland. That's uh, what I was drinking. <laughs> I don't know now, if it starts tasting funny. That's probably a dead person. Now, what I'm sipping on right now, what the Nubian Sumo is powered by, is the Elijah Craig 94 proof rye whiskey, mm. along with the CAO Esteli TAA exclusive 2018. It's like a transformer. Very exquisite, by the way. Nice. Full-bodied, very flavorful cigar. Going well with this rye whiskey I'm drinking. But I digress. Thank you, James. At least we got something advertised, even though you let me down. I was expecting you to be on top of it. But Keith Lee becomes the NXT and the North American champion, and he's the first man to hold two singles titles at the same time in NXT history. So not only did he become double champ, he made history at the same time, and they already gave us the spoiler of who's next, Goldberg pun intended, and it is Karrion Cross, which I think is a smart play for what's supposed to come next, because In my heart of hearts, I expect to see Adam Cole, baby, and the UE in Raw or SmackDown very soon. I expect a full call-up. They've got no choice but to put Kyrian Cross in here, which messes up his storyline. They put themselves in a corner by doing this. I mean, don't you have enough double champions... In WWE, I mean, it's like... Well, the rumor is they're supposed to unify the belts. They're supposed to take it and make one belt. That's the rumor. So what was the point in bringing the North American belt in anyway? Well, times are changing. And uh, Vince McMahon allegedly is starting to dip into the NXT pool and starting to swish around and make some waves on what he would like to see. And that is part of the issue with everything being in the performance center right now because everybody is at the performance center right now so Vince is there for NXT when Triple H and Vince is traveling and Triple H and Shawn Michaels is over here in the far left like we got this we'll produce our Wednesday thing we're good that's fine Vince is over here traveling going with Raw going with Smackdown whatever's going on you're cool, but everybody's in the same place. And then the other side of corn insult to injury, technically, is that you've got certain Le Champions tweeting out about the demographic wins and the ratings and how significant they are 
for AEW over NXT, and Vince isn't too happy about that, so he wants to make a change. And the first thing is, you got too many belts. <laughs> too many and, belts in WWE anyway. Yeah, but, you know, we've seen belts uh, come and go. It's but, not enough. But this, this is rumor belt, but it, it is stated that Vince has had some conversations with Trips about the NXT product and not beating uh, AEW in the ratings, but maybe a couple times as of recent uh, shows. It's not a good thing. We know it's a marathon, but AEW still in its first year is close to pulling what WCW has been touting for the longest time uh, after the Monday Night Wars, during the Monday Night Wars. So they are beating an uh, WWE program same night, same day, same times for a long time in a 12-month stretch including COVID-19 going on. And we'll talk about another tidbit of that concept a little bit later on uh, in the show. But I think they should get rid of the North American title. I mean, they, the NXT, in my opinion, needs a secondary title. What they need to do is to combine the Raw and SmackDown tag titles, combine the Universal and and WWE titles make one title and have them travel wherever, like um, Bailey and and Sasha are doing. Have them move around. That's what they should do. Now there was there was a someone there was someone that I read I read um an article on another from another podcast that brought up a. An interesting scenario. It's a little far-fetched, but it could work. Because like I said, they've placed themselves in a situation where they paid themselves into a corner with this uh, double champ thing in NXT. I mean, the only person you got right now in position to uh, defend, for, to, to go after that belt is Kyrian Cross. So you're going to mess up his undefeated streak to do this? So the, the, the scenario that was brought up was they make a three-way match, but it's, like a, it's almost like a two-out-of-three falls match where the first fall would be for the North American title. The second fall would be for the NXT title. And the third fall would be for both. Yeah, that's not that bad. Where you could get the belt off, you could get the North American belt off of Keith Lee, give it to somebody else. Suggestion was Johnny Gargano, and then you can go, you can have that whole match go without Kieran Cross having to take a loss. So it protects Kieran. It protects Kieran. It builds up Johnny's storyline, and it and it keeps Keith Lee as the NXT champion. He's already made. He's already made history. Can't nobody take that from him. So if he loses that North American belt right away, he would have lost it anyway. Trying to defend in a regular situation, so to get to the NXT belt, so it's no real loss. Or Keith Lee ends up because Night of Champions is coming eventually, going up against the Raw or SmackDown champion, 
and wins the belt and has to drop the NXT stuff. And that or make it, or he's make on a fast track. He is twice. not. He is not going to be in NXT even as a champion for as long as uh, Adam Cole had that belt. That is not happening. Mark my words. He is in six months or less going to be transitioned over. Has to be because the WWE. The problem, really, James, is that, and, and we talked about this a, a while ago, is the depth chart is starting to thin out. COVID is making it worse. But they should have called up that NXT talent a lot sooner to the main roster, quote-unquote, so that way they have more time to build the folks that we have now, like Shotzi Blackhearts and Raquel Gonzalez's and and uh, the, the um, Swerve Scott's and uh, even Drake Maverick, you know, giving those folks more opportunity to be able to do so, actually Brizongo actually becoming a legitimate force to be reckoned with in the tag team division instead of just, you know, something fun to watch and, and see the little antics that they do. They should have spent that time building them up and moving everybody else up to make room because we're in that lull period when we had uh, it was that lull and transition between getting the F out and the entertainment in. And you, Stone Cold wasn't established. The Rock wasn't established. Uh, DX was just in its infancy and all those things. That was that transitional period and what people were watching, what they wanted to see and what was happening. We're at the same thing now. The problem is that because everybody is at the performance center, it's showing how, la how much, uh, well, I guess we might as well just jump and, and skip ahead a little bit on how lacking the the storyline potential is on Raw and SmackDown. Now, I will say that, uh, well, well, before we get there, who do you guys think won on Wednesday overall? If that was one pay-per-view for Fighter Fest and one pay-per-view for uh, Great American Bash, quote-unquote, and that was all one night. That was every match. Who do you guys think, KG, I'll let you answer first. Who do you think won Wednesday? AEW. Okay. And why? It, it, it was just the whole, both nights were, whole, were well put together, but it, they were seamless. If, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. The little bit that I did see on night two, it was better than what a what uh, WWE did with the Great American Bay. And it, it just seemed like it was more seamless, and it was just it was the quality was better. Now, don't get me wrong, NXT did the damn thing, and uh, shout out to Keith Lee for for, for, for proving me right. But uh, it just seemed like it was just it was more put together on that side. I mean, that's just my honest opinion. Okay, what about you, James? Uh, I'm going to have to give set night two to WWE, NXT. Okay. What about overall? I, overall, I probably have to give AEW the Duke overall. 
it was close. Night two, night two made it close between the two of them. But you know, um, I would I would give night two. I would give the second week to w, to NXT. I gave the first week to AEW, but I'll give AEW the overall win. Okay. Uh, for me, I, I kind of truthfully, I think they broke even to me, and I agree with James. They were very close on night two. I gave. WWE night one. I know you guys gave an uh, AEW uh, night one, but I think it was almost AEW for the win. But that Keith Lee Adam Cole match, I, I think, is what really galvanized the rest of the night because it could have went either way. We would have liked Keith Lee to win, but it's like, well, you know, I doubt they're going. They haven't taken the belt off of Cole yet, so you just waiting for Bobby Fish or somebody, you know, to come down, a jump or a old-fashioned horseman disqualification because there's a beatdown, something to happen. And, uh, you know, when, when Keith Lee got the dub, it was like, okay. And then also that Mia Yim, Candice LeRae match, I mean, they, they put their bodies on the line for real, especially that, that final spot at the end, the super net breaker on the chairs. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that's... Yeah, and- me and Yim and Tegan Knox are hurt right now, so yeah. Yeah. So I mean they they uh they 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 put themselves out there. So for me it kind of broke even. Which is not a bad thing at all. I know the ratings may say otherwise, but just for, for production value. And I also agree with KG. The 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 setup for the production did seem seamless, like it was just one continual episode from uh week one to week two on the AEW side. But with that being said, now we can jump into what we were kind of skipping over or into. And that is, is Raw winning the battle of the storylines? And what I mean by that is this week's Raw had a solid story, a solid flow. It was interesting from beginning to end, from Heath Slater giving the, the work shoot promo uh, against um, Drew McIntyre with the help and assistance of Dolph Ziggler, quote-unquote, to Drew versus Heath Slater. You know, that was a good surprise to see. Bailey and, and Sasha and the Oscar thing is still entertaining to see. Uh, the KO show, I was like, oh, Seth Rollins, eh, it's going to be kind of boring. But it was actually interesting, and Seth Rollins... And his promo was not like, okay, here's another I'm the almighty type of thing. So I'm like, okay, the, the, the lead in towards the odd for an eye match and all that stuff. MVP and what they're doing with him and how he's actually approaching wrestlers with real. Hey, man, how long are you going to be held back? This is real, real talk. Like <laughs> you've been held back. You are not winning, even though he's trying to pit Cedric Alexander against Ricochet. But. Truth be told, Ricochet like has a 365. A I would like to see said yeah. as a heel. You I know, Cedric is great in his own right. He's the only person out of that uh, Cruiserweight tournament that got the contract off performance after he was in the match. Triple H issued him the contract right then and there because the fans demanded it. That means that they see his capability we just need to see the machine backing it one way or another. Um, uh, the Big Show interaction, 
you know, whatever. We could we could bypass that. But uh, what's going on with uh, Ruby Riot leading in with the Iconics? I think that's a good thing to kind of give us something for Liv Morgan to do, and then factor in Natalia, and then also factor in uh, Lana as well. So those couple different things, uh, and hell, even the botch with the spinning back fist from Asuka that caught Bailey clean in the face was like, oh, snap, Bailey took that. I'm like, I know she's going to get a black eye for that. Because you can see the look on Asuka's face like, uh, you were a little too close, Bailey, because she caught <laughs> that fist clean. Now, yeah, that, that was, was wrong. Stiff. That was stiff. Here's SmackDown. Miz TV, still riding the Jeff Hardy thing, but I could kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. Jeff is rising above his demons, even though this is ending with uh, his fight at Extreme Rules, the horse show, in a bar fight. But, you know, anytime the WWE can have a bar fight, hopefully there's going to be a Ron Simmons in there somewhere with the damn. Are they going to do I, it at Tim White's bar? Who knows? But I wouldn't mind having a, a, a cameo for that. Then that led into Jeff versus The Miz. Eh, you know, Nakamura and Cesaro versus The New Day, good match. Then we had the replay of the Universal Championship match for Money in the Bank. The entire match. Okay. It was a good, I wouldn't mind kind of seeing it again, but okay. But then we also had OG filler. It's not a dance competition. It's a karaoke showdown with Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, Tamia, and Naomi. Lacey Evans did With My Baby Tonight. Dana did The Honky Tonk Man. Tamina with no straight jacket, so I was entertained. Did Time to Play the Game, which I don't even understand why they just gave her that at all. I mean, whatever. But what was really interesting to me, and my question to you guys, was this a dig at Cody with Naomi singing American Dream? Clearly Dusty Rhodes. Is that a dig or is that respect? I think it was more respect. I don't think that was a dig. It might have been a dig. I, I don't know. It might have been. Yeah. It might have. It, it could have been a dig as far as the writers and Vince, but I think to me, I think uh, uh, Naomi took it as kind of like a respect thing because right. you know she, you know she she had some dealings with Dusty and you know yeah. so she she had See, some time. I, I'm not knocking her, but my first thought I went back to what we talked about last week and the Rhodes oh. name and and following you know. American dream. Hey, we want, we have the rights and we're just throwing it in your face. You know, it's like, wow. Okay. Any song that asks what you pick. She did a hell of a great job. Though. I was like, God dang, if only you were back then. We may have got rid of Sapphire, <laughs> but that was the show. And then, you know, Cross of Bliss versus uh, Bailey and Banks, okay, but we had a replay. Wait, 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 wait. A karaoke match. Wait. Wait. 
you will refer to them by their true name. Let's cross applesauce. That that wasn't that much applesauce to save the the void of that show. It basically an hour of SmackDown was rehash and karaoke singing. Raw, solid show. Three hours of solid show. SmackDown, an hour of show, and the other hour of the voice and instant replay. Now it's funny so, you bring that up because the, I did read something earlier today where Fox has gotten rid of all of their golf coverage, and there may be a possibility, minute at the most, but they're talking about maybe cutting back on SmackDown as well. Even though they have this contract and they're paying them all this money to have SmackDown on their network, they're talking about, you know, because of the ratings and things of that nature, that they may cut back on SmackDown. So it's funny that you're bringing this up and talking about them like that because it's yeah. interesting that they're talking about doing this too. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that conversation has been going for a while and Vince has been spinning it. Hey, this is COVID. We're, we're trying to, to make it through and, and just bear with us. But they were also not happy, neither was USA, with the removal of Paul Heyman and, and his direction. I'm quite sure they weren't happy with the Eric Bischoff removal because if nothing else, you watched it to see what they were going to do. For Paul Heyman, it was evident. We saw superstars get opportunities that normally would. That's one thing Paul Heyman's always been about. Eric Bischoff didn't have enough time to really work out what could be. I mean, he had a little bit of a hand in some of what was going on and, and what was flowing with Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse, but he didn't have enough time. He only had a month. And then you got to re rework the new writers that they just hired and, and, and storylines and encompass this. In 30 days? No, that's not enough time, and they know that. And uh, with Bruce Pritchard, yeah, we're, he's got some great ideas, but then let's be honest, uh, the karaoke thing, is that not something we've seen many times in a WWE event? Hell, we saw stuff like that during the original uh, part of NXT when it was just a competition with the with the trainers or, or, or the... the um, what do they call them, the mentors or whatever. So we went backwards in time, in my opinion, on what the product was versus progressively forward. And this is where, if you're going to have the hard conversation, you take your eyes to AEW and you look at really two things, in my opinion. And then you take a look at your product on the WWE side of things, and then you say, okay, what are we doing? Two things in AEW that you look at. The first one, well, three things, I'm sorry, three things. The first one is that they have a referee with a name that is a clear and concise character and ref. WWE has announcers that have names, but the ref is in the ring. Aubrey is... Like, you're almost thinking Aubrey's going to have a match with Britt Breaker at some point. 
I would pay to see that. That that's the level of interest I have in the Aubrey character outside of her refing. And when she leapt over during a, the Jericho and the Cassidy match and went into the orange juice, I was like, oh my God, that's dedication to craft right there. Because you saw when she got up, she was like, God damn it. That's where the orange juice was. She went pow, smacked that into the OJ and went for that count like a champ. That's a named ref. Here's the thing. WWE has start, has always said that they don't want anybody overshadowing the I, rest. I, I, I get that, but I'm just saying that that happened organically by the fans. AEW didn't plan for that, but I'm just saying if, when you look at the product, they have a named ref. Not that you have to have named refs in WWE. Don't copy that, but let things happen organically and, and let it build from that. Let them have the identity. If the identity is coming to them, don't shun it. Let it happen. Oh, they, they, they've shunned it. So well, yeah, they shunned wait. it because they had a shot. They had a shot to get Dasha Gonzalez, who, who yeah. uh, who's one of the announcers and the um, ring announcers for um, AEW. They had a shot at her, but she said in the Twitter um, earlier today, earlier today, that she had a shot at WWE, but they wouldn't take her because she had too much personality. And she would overshadow who she was interviewing. Yeah. So that yeah, yet, WWE doesn't want that. But yet we have, even if it does happen organically. Mm -hmm. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. You used to have Tim White, uh, 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 Earl Hebner, Hey Long, Lou Nate. But Smart Marks. Remember, now Teddy Long was WCW product. That's right. what came with it. So you knew him from WCW. Lil Nate was WCW. So that right. came with him from WCW. Earl Hebner just happened to be old school. They would announce Earl Hebner as the ref because you knew it was a championship match. So that's how Earl came in. But, you know, I'm just saying it doesn't have to be, though. It doesn't have to be the ref per se. But, you know, you have personalities like Kayla, even though she's on the bump. But she has a personality. Let the let that if the fans are gravitating towards the personality, towards that character, nurture it. Don't shut it down. Just nurture it. That, that's pretty much what I'm saying. That's the first thing. The second thing to look at is almost in the same vein. Orange Cassidy. Simple gimmick. Over with the fans. Not squashed. At some point, well curated, they didn't want him to get into a match at any time soon. He would just come out, do his couple things. He didn't even get the super kickoff at the end of uh, his, his barrage, if you will. But it was well curated, and the fans rolled with it. And they're still rolling with it to where he, I'm quite sure, sells more merch than anybody else in AEW. WWE has that same potential, or had that same potential with Ricochet. But then they, oh, not feeling them, start sliding it down. They had that same recently with uh, Shayna Baszler. Oh, Vince is a feeling her. You ain't even on TV right now. They have those opportunities. NXT was there when it was separate and we weren't COVID. NXT was like Graceland. You know, you're just doing your own thing. Y'all are off on, on a corner. We're good. 
But now that it's all in the same thing, we got a problem because too many hands is in the poll again. And we got a problem, Houston. But they need to pay attention. This character, Orange Cassidy, is putting butts in the seats. And his gimmick is to do minimal activity. The third thing. One person has made a company successful. One person. One character that was let the capability and the ability and the opportunity and the trust to grow and reinvent themselves and their brand to a level that is totally different from what they ever were. And that was Chris Jericho. The fact that they have one person and you can say, oh, well, you know, Cody and the Young Bucks, you know, they work with Tony Khan now. If they didn't have Jericho, AEW would not be winning in the ratings. They would not be in the conversation. They would be audited just trying to make a WCW. If Jericho would have went to Ring of Honor, then we'd be talking about Ring of Honor over AEW. If he would have went to Impact, we'd be talking about Impact. Hell, if you went to MCW, we would be talking about MCW more than we would be talking about AEW. But if the WWE would allow their characters to evolve into who they are, and they still got to prove themselves, but get to the evolution and then let them go. And sometimes just got to roll the dice. A little bit of bubbly was a roll of the dice that just came out of nowhere, capitalized on it instantaneously. Le Champion capitalized on it instantaneously. Orange Cassidy was just Orange Cassidy when he came in. Freshly squeezed was just something that was thrown out there in commentary instantly, capitalized. Boom. Now, that's always been part of his gimmick. But, I mean, they, they slid that in. He didn't come in as Freshly Squeezed. He came in as Orange Cassidy. And then they slid in the, the Freshly Squeezed thing as a secondary, which was smart because that gave you another layer to him instead of it just being, oh, okay, there's Carmel Orange Cassidy. Oh, they have to an orange. Freshly Squeezed. Oh, that's dope. You know, and then, boom, you, you got something else. But, in my opinion, that's three things that's happening in AEW. You could put anything else in the mix. But those three things – if the WWE was to take what they have all at the Performance Center now and do the same thing, that means that, you know what, we're going to cross-brand it up. Why? Because everybody is here. There should be no reason why NXT is only on NXT outside of the women's tag titles. Why can't Keith Lee be on Raw? Uh, you there anyway. It's not like you got to drive to travel to it. Why isn't Keith Lee defending his belts on all three shows? Just because. Why not? Or... You, you have, um, you know, Lacey Evans going up against Rhea Ripley or all these dream matches that could be happening right now. She could be stacking four on four, you know, battle warrior, whatever you could think of. You should be throwing everything up against the wall and doing the unexpected to where Fox would be like, yo. Snackdown is starting to do what it did back in the day when we were interested in it. USA, oh my goodness, we started to get back to the glory days. NXT is starting to at least match what AEW is producing. But they're shooting themselves in the foot. And that's, that's why I had to put it on this week. Because I'm like, I don't understand how I'm watching a karaoke showdown and a replay of a match. When you have even developmental talent could be wrestling during that time spot. Why am I watching Bray and, and Braun again and it's not making me emotionally invested? I've already watched it. 
You're going to give me a Bray Wyatt squash match. Something. You know, like, you got people there. Just put them in a match. Have a battle royal. Winner gets an opportunity to face Bray Wyatt. What's the worst that's going to happen? The Fiend comes out and just beats the hell out of him. I didn't put women in it and have uh, Simone Johnson win. <laughs> just because. I don't know. I was just frustrated this week just looking at what, what SmackDown was. It made no sense to me. That's my rant. If somebody else wants to rant on, you can. Now, you said something about having AEW do more backstage promos or yep, that was that was scenario. That's, that's the next thing. Should they or shouldn't they? Because they have the vignettes well, like with Darby at uh, Travis Pastrana's uh, Fantasy Factory. But you, but you realize they save a lot of that backstage stuff for being the elite. Right. So but most folks they, don't see that. Right, right. But they're trying to bring people, they're trying to incorporate that into their whole thing. So that's where you see a lot of backstage stuff. Like I said earlier, you had the re, you get you had Kenny going into why he poured the beer out right. them after their match. You know, that 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 brought that made sense, but they didn't mention it in the show. Yeah, which I don't you agree to, with. Right, right. They should. They bring up being the elite every now and again, but they don't. They don't do it as much as they yeah. had been at the beginning. But they they try to save a lot of that backstage stuff, like the stuff that they doing with um, Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana is trying to be in every being the elite uh, show uh, show, you know. And uh, Kenny Omega's upset at him about it, and now they're talking about bringing back the cleaner. Which yeah. a lot of people have been talking about, you know, this isn't the kid, this isn't New Japan's Kenny Omega. This isn't the Kenny Omega that was wrestling in Japan. This isn't the seven star Kenny that we're getting in AEW. So, what's going And a lot of people are losing interest. But now they're saying that, you know, they're talking, he's talking about bringing back the cleaner. So, that could be interesting, but not like you said, not a lot of people know about that unless they watch Being the Elite. They have a lot. They have a large following, with being with the, being the elite. But they need to incorporate that more into the show. You know, just saying. You know, well, we heard. I heard. I saw being the elite that you know something went on with Kenny. Uh, did you did you did you notice that? Oh no, I have to go back. I have to go back and watch it. You know, just to mention it. You know, yeah. bring bring somebody over to that. So. They, yep. they they need to try to incorporate that a little bit more. They don't necessarily need to bring a lot of the backstage stuff because they've got an outlet for it. Just like they have the outlet for with the um, AEW Dark. You know, they're doing a lot. They're bringing up a lot of people in, in, in AEW Dark and establishing storylines within that to bring to the other show, the uh, Dynamite. So... Who knows? Maybe maybe AEW Dark will become the TBS show. Who knows? Something. But see, my, my thing is with that, and I agree with you, James, but they also have to keep in mind two things. They're touting their wins, or more so Jericho, is touting the wins on the demographic of the millennial, but at the same time, the millennials also don't want to do that extra work. So you're telling me I got to go log into YouTube to watch another video 
or or search for another video or something that y'all could have just put on the show. But the millennials are going toward YouTube anyway. That's who they're but, catering to. So they and they yeah, know but, that. But but no, they, they, the the be the elite is really the ones that that's the equivalent of the smart fans that would be tape trading. That's really if you had to take it back to old school, that's who they're they've got. But what about everybody else that hadn't seen a tape of Chris Jericho or Eddie Guerrero or Chris Benoit? They hadn't seen those tapes from up there in Calgary or in AAA or anything like that. You wouldn't know these people exist. But once they, once Eric Bischoff brought them into the fold and you saw them actually on network television, that's a whole different beast. Well, they were ECW first, but... Well, but you, well yeah, but... It wasn't as big as even ECW. If you didn't have a way to catch it, if you weren't in Philly and you didn't have a tape or you didn't have somebody that could slide in a video or you didn't have a computer, you didn't know who Sandman was and all this other stuff. And you, you were totally missing out. You didn't discover ECW until WWE gave you ECW or or did the invasion angle and you know all these other things. And then you started going back and realized that, oh my God, I can't believe I missed that. And then you became interested. Now they had some syndication. They had yeah, some eventually. Yeah, they the they wanted to. They was, were, that was garbage. They, yeah, they ended up getting some syndication, and but you know, and they and there were a lot of people who knew who they those guys were when ECW left. And I don't even consider WWE CW. No, no, not that. No, I'm just talking about like that Jerry Lawler crossover angle and and those type of things not wwe version hey that wasn't ecw that by no means of the imagination was that ecw echo the vampires like oh god you know if you're gonna do it you do it with gangrel you don't do it with anybody else you know the the the, the zombie thing and you're like what the hell is this is resident I evil like Kevin like, Thorne. I, he was okay but no it's only it's only one he was with him this, there's only one vamp that needs to come out and it needs to come through a flame, uh, a hole on a stage. Well, one of the best entrance musics ever. No, no, Vampiro? Vampiro's too old now. No. Oh, you're talking about now? No, I'm talking about then. Gangrel. Okay. That's, that's the only person. Nah, but, uh, better than Gangrel to me. Bro. You know, they, they just need a little bit more exposure so that way people can get invested in the story. Like, we're getting great wrestling. But you still have to tell the stories of, and I don't want a, a quick vignette thrown in there and then like, okay, and then it's not leading me anywhere. And then next week the person wrestles. You, you got to give me a, a little bit more. Just You don't have to double down every single, every other segment as an interview, WWE style, backstage this. But just a little bit more to help me get more invested in the characters I don't know. Plus, you have to realize you got Cody, you got the Young Bucks, you got Kenny Omega, you got all these guys who did time in Japan. And in Japan, you don't have all those backstage interviews. But the most you have in yeah. Japan is that when they come out of the when they come out for their match, they have the interview with the reporters, and that's it. They may well, yeah, have that, that's a different piece. Vignettes okay. or shows or whatever that they may do a interview or they may cut a promo on YouTube or something like that, but New Japan doesn't do that, so that's where they got that from. 
Yeah, but at, you know, as Japanese culture versus U.S. culture, it's two different things. It's not like two different brands in the U.S. That's two different cultures. Well, they just and, brought that into their style of pre- presentation. Yeah. I mean, and, think about and, it. And be, in the just beginning, look, that's what they what, had. In the beginning, they, they definitely they still, that. They still have it. I mean, you got the Japanese influence from what we just talked about. You got their TNA influence from the staging where they come out the ring and where they come out to the ring, those tubes or whatever, that's TNA. You know, you got um, Excalibur and Brian Cage and Scorpio Sky and all of SCU and whatnot. That's your PG, PWG influence. They've taken influences from every place that they've gone to and put, put a little bit in and made their own style of production. And that's what they which, got. Which is fine. And I, I'm I'm happy with them doing that, but don't double down to be so far right that some of the things that works from a network television production standpoint is still okay to do. Just because WWE does it, you know, or has been doing it for a long time, doesn't make it bad. That makes it proven. Because at the end of the day, the one thing that WWE has to a science is that yeah this is wrestling but this is a television show that means that you have to have segments you have to have timing you have characters you have to have scripts or close enough to the script as possible so that way we can box off tape off segment light everything to what the spot is supposed to be because you only got one shot under normal circumstances if you're alive to get the right camera angle the right shot the right feel the right crowd reaction everything for that one big moment it's a production yeah, but they're, trying to make people... they're trying to make themselves different though that's why they don't have any yeah. scripts don't yeah have, but it's still a production and some point you have to incorporate the production to get what you want from the fans, to get them emotionally invested, and that's something Dusty talked about a lot, get them emotionally invested in the character. Because once they believe in you, that's when they buy the merch. Jericho is pr- that proven commodity right there. They believed in Jericho to the level to where he supersedes AEW. He is equivalent of Hulkamania in AEW, in yeah, WWE. He legitimized AEW. Right. Without, without Jericho, there would be no AEW. And if Jericho sure, retired sure today, AEW would be in trouble. If Jericho got injured today, AEW would be in trouble. If we were under normal terms, can AEW survive on what WWE was allowing Jericho to do or working with him on when he would go tour with Fozzie and be gone for six months? Can AEW survive without Le Champion? In some capacity, we're about to, we're going to find out because it's going to come a time when he's going to have to disappear. And yeah. actually, and actually, as I've said earlier, you can't miss somebody if they don't go away. So there is going to come a time when Jericho is going to go away, and you will right. see what you'll see what happens. But yeah, the ratings know, is going to drop. We'll have we'll because have to he is he happens. has saved them during COVID. He has saved them, even no matter what's going on, from him interacting with uh, 
uh, Matt Hardy and that feud, to the Orange Cassidy feud, to the Mox feud, to a little bit of the, well, roll it in with the bubbly and Judas and everything else. Jericho is AEW more than AEW is AEW. So once he's gone, if the ratings drop, they're effed. Because he's leaving because he's on tour. So it's not like, hey, uh, Chris, can you kind of come back and, you know, be here live on Wednesday in Wichita? Like, dude, I'm in freaking London. I'm not going to be there to be there on Wednesday in Wichita. And have, a make do. have deals with New Japan. So if they end up going back to New Japan because they both got, they go, I, don't know if they, I don't know if they'll still keep up those storylines they have in Japan, but I wouldn't see why they wouldn't go back. Yeah, so that's why the Young Bucks have to establish that tag division with a lot more depth because there's not enough and there's not enough storyline in the tag division. They need more women in the women's division and a women's tag so that way they can have more depth and opportunity. They need the second show and um, we, we also need uh, another championship singles. And AEW. Because we know Cody's going to hold on to the TNT. So we need something else. <laughs> That's not going anywhere anytime soon. That's a smart business to keep it on him. So that way he's the inaugural. He just, at least for the next year, he's going to be that guy. What other singles title would you bring in? Well, if you have the second show, then you need a, a, a title for that show. You need something like a, a TV title, a yeah. North American title. Just something for the dark. Just something for AEW yeah. dark. That way well, they're applying for something dark, on that show. Not necessarily for dark, but for the uh, for the second show. I wouldn't put it. Yeah. I mean, if, like you talked about, if, if dark becomes the second show. Dark is like, dark, dark to AEW is like superstar like, to yeah. WWE. They don't need a, they don't need but, a title for that particular show. Well, I mean, you know, just something. Because you, you, for the main event, that's something, you know. Or the TNT belt goes over there. And if they're both on TNT, something. But I just, I don't want them to double down just Jericho change the Jericho so of the, much change the that name of the you TNT wear Jericho to the out. Television have, them go, have them go on both shows. Yeah. Because Jericho's going to have to reinvent himself again. Or a, a portion of his gimmick again, but he's going to have to step away for that, and that that could be sooner than later. He's given them the gift of Jericho Cruz next year if everything is able to, to still happen. So he's given them a gift where they're supposed to do the actual show live from the boat, the complete show. Yeah, how, that, the same thing they've been doing already. Well, yeah, but, but like everybody's over there, not. You know, the, the limited that they had, like, it is literally dynamite on the boat this time. But, uh, you know, outside of that, yeah, we need more to, to get vested into other than what is happening with Jericho or Jericho's commentary. Which is there great. needs to be somebody else. And Sammy Guevara, unfortunately, with his hot mess. He would have been the one to really branch out, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm still the Santana and Ortiz fan. I think they're comic gold as well. 
especially Ortiz. That dude is crazy. If they, they tap into that and give him more TV time with Santana, that would be amazing. Best Friends, I think, is, is good TV. Um, yeah, I like the learning Spanglish thing yeah. that they do. That, that's pretty uh, good. I like that. I mean, there's some folks out there. I want to see more from the Gun Club. Let, nah, let's, just... let, let's get them out there and let them yeah. start to do something. Because, like I said, we got to build the tag division. So both the brothers are there. So let, let's see that. Uh, um, Brian Pillman Jr. And uh, I know it's going to sound crazy, but Chris Benoit's son. You, you've got to yeah. you, you do something. Because you when a WWE. A new horseman. Yeah. You a new horseman, a junior horseman faction. When the WWE locks this down and they come out of that transitional phase, it's going to be a problem. Because that means that you're going to have Undisputed Era. Keith Lee would have been Velveteen Dream, but who knows how that's going to work out. Um, uh, you know, and other people from NXT moving forward. Rhea Ripley will be up there full time. Uh, Yo Shirai. That Riddle is in the air, even though he put yeah, out no, that. Yeah, he's, he's on the bubble. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. He's on, he, yeah. he's, he's on yeah. thin ice. Yeah, he, he's bro to know right now. But uh, like I said, I'm high on Bronson Reed. Swerve Scott is is pretty good. They're gonna have to remove Tegan Knox and um, and uh, Dakota Kai. They need to be moved up. Let Raquel go out on her own. They're gonna have to make some moves. And once they put those pieces of the puzzle in place, then if Jericho's not there, Houston, we got a problem. Because I still said it, the closest that we're gonna get to the Rock without. The millions upon millions, but as close as we can get to that is going to be Keith Lee and the main roster. He's almost there. And once he once he really, really is feeling himself, sky's the limit. It's going to be through the roof. They won't be able to contain him. And that that's what we're not too far from. And AEW's got to prep for that. I don't know if they're looking that far down the road. Or just like, yep, we beat him again. Yep, we beat him again. Yep, we beat him again. Oh, snap, they won. And then next thing you know, 83 weeks turns into a TV, well, a, a podcast instead of a, a consistent thing that happens every year. But we'll have to see how this is going to play out. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, you have us to talk about it. So that way we can break down our opinions and, and all those lovely things and let you know what we think. And then you can tell us what you think on your tablets, your phones, and your computers. Isn't that right, KG? That is absolutely right. So normally, well, actually, we're kind of abnormal now. It used to be back in the day. It sounds like, sounds funny saying that, but back in the day, KG's job was just to tell us all the different platforms that you can hear us at. But because the sideline junkies is worldwide, we're all over the place. So, you know, we're going to be here on Saturdays. KG, what other shows do we have under the Sideline Junkies umbrella, and what days do they air? Well, of course, you got during football season, you got our uh, Sunday Rise. You got Monday Mayhem, Tuesday Night Flight, Way Back Wednesday, Thursday Night Throwdown, and Flashback Friday. So it's always a show for every day of the week. It all depends on what's there to talk about. So 
Yep, and culminating on Saturday night with us, the WrestleManiacs, coming at you. You know, as always, we may bicker and stuff like that. Well, we really don't like James, but we may bicker and stuff. But at the end of the day, we tolerate each other just enough to be able to talk the good talk about wrestling and wrestling and all that fun stuff with you, the people listening in. And then they steal our ideas and then go ahead and make it something and then become the 24-7, 365, I-85 South and North Championship and we won't get paid for it. But I'm not bitter. Look, in the words of Bret Hart, <laughs> I'm not greedy for fame. I'm not greedy for money. But I am greedy for respect. And you will respect me. Oh, God. Are we on the grit now, too? Oh, now grit's on our show. We all got to no, have look, grit. Look, look, <laughs> look. The, only, the only grits I deal with are in the pot on my plate. Okay? That's right. Little little salt and pepper and maybe some cheese. That's about it. Anybody that puts sugar in their grits and rice has so got something wrong with them. Here you come. Yeah. yeah, that's the age-old debate. I, <laughs> the heck I was the... The heck with slavery and everything else. The big battle between the North and the South is what's going on the grits, salt and pepper or sugar. You put salt in your water. Then you put the grits in. Then when the grits are done, you put a little butter in there, a little sugar, and a little bit of pepper. There you go. And then you mix it with your scrambled eggs. And see, and then that's when your grandmother comes around and smacks you dead in the face. <laughs> Unless your grandma's from up north, and she'd be like, "Baby, you ain't putting no sugar in them grits." And, and nice. they gotta be thick. They gotta be thick. Mm-hmm. Like my grits, like I like my women, thick. And that's where we need to leave, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> we were good skating through the dessert portion of uh, today's show, but KG just had to go there. I didn't see that one coming, but God yep. dang it. We went there already. So we like to apologize to all those at, uh, that work for the Food Network. Um, anybody else that's associated with the making of grits? We did Funny not know Anderson. that. We did Funny not know that. No, I'm not going there with you. I'm not going there with you. Hi, Sonny. I'm not going there with you. Hi, Egypt. So I'm not going there with you. <laughs> <laughs> But we are getting ready to sign off before we offend uh, HGTV, the Food Network, and everybody else. Next thing you know, we didn't got me tooed on uh, Donna's Driving and Dives because I'm not saying the short name of it because I know one of y'all two is going to say something crazy. So uh, we appreciate y'all listening. You like it, vitamin D? <laughs> um. That's the show y'all need to look up. We out. We're not doing overtime, any extra time. We just out, and we will talk to y'all next week and see what happens. Peace. Peace.